Hi, I'm Nat. And I'm Jen. And you're listening to Compass Mentis. Lawyers talking about well-being in law. Brought to you by Bottled Snail. This is episode 15, Lawyer and Resilience. So Nat, today we're talking about the very important topic of resilience. We're going to have a chat about the definition of resilience, what it means, how to cope when things don't really go to plan. That sounds good. Um, what do you think resilience means, Jen? I think, simplistically put, it's the ability to pick yourself back up after you fall down. So that kind of um, proverb, you know, when stuff happens, which it's going to, particularly in the legal profession, how do you sort of respond to it and what do you do afterwards? Yeah, I think so much of it is about mindset, but also laying the foundation so that you can have that mindset when things don't go your way. Yeah, I reckon that's true. Resilience for me, I definitely see it as it's kind of like a skill, maybe more something that can be learnt rather than um, is necessarily something that is just an attribute belonging to people. Um, but it's also something that unfortunately in the moments where you need to be resilient, it's also really hard because, um, your reserves are really low. There might be multiple things that you feel like are knocking you down and it can be really, really hard to get back up again. And it's also the least likely time that you are to sort of develop a new healthy habit, unless you're some kind of superhuman who could just take that on, on top of everything else. Yeah. So I agree. Psychology seems to tell us that resilience is something you can learn which is really good news, but it is so hard because when you're kind of stuck in that (laughs) hole, you know? Yeah, it's not really like, oh, I've got this deadline tomorrow, I'm feeling really stressed, but I'd also like to pick up a new hobby or go running or cook a really healthy meal. Yeah, and it's also hard because you're ensconced in that emotional place and it's so easy to just feel all, all of those bad emotions and get quite despondent about things um and yeah you get sucked into quite a bad place sometimes it's kind of like a downward spiral and then once you're sort of on that spiral you just feel the gravity effect and it's really really hard to reverse it but I suppose that's what resilience is it's kind of turning things around for yourself that's right and in my mind the way that that happens is bringing a new perspective to the experience so rather than seeing what the situation is Um, as a bad thing you can look at it as a more positive thing and start to see it as like a learning experience or an opportunity for personal growth or a bit of a spiritual awakening um, which we've spoken about before I think Um, but often for me like that is the turning point is the mindset rather than anything I can actually really do in that time sometimes just because there isn't any energy to do those other things. Absolutely. I think you've really uh, hit the nail on the head. I think of it as flipping your perspective and just having that ability, and this is what we mean when we talk about resilience as a skill, to bring a new perspective to what can be a really hard and awful situation and frame it in a way that makes it easier for you to cope and makes it better as far as an outlook. And that is sort of the resilience, isn't it? Because you kind of can bounce back from the um, low point, I suppose, to um, turn it into a positive. And those low points can come up in heaps of different ways in law. I think, you know, a classic example might be a case loss, maybe on the lower end of the scale. But then in your career, it could be a redundancy. It could be a missed career opportunity, um, office politics, or maybe bullying, performance management. 
And then there are general high-pressure situations, I suppose, that can arise at work. But then there are these other life happenings that Mm. can just kind of hit you like a freight train, whether it be illness of yourself or a loved one, um, death of a loved one, relationship breakdown, financial pressures, uh, new career responsibilities, all of these things that can kind of trigger mental ill health. And they happen because mm. that's life. And sometimes they happen at the same time as each other, which is really hard as well. That's right. And that's why it's so important to have resilience, because I think it's not just enough to take these preventative mental health and well-being measures, which we discuss a lot mm. throughout the rest of the podcast, but to be able to deal when things go bad is the real golden skill. Mm. Mm. And, I mean, it is those pressure points, I suppose, that are the most dangerous from a mental health or even personal sort of safety perspective. Um, and with that said, I think when we're talking about resilience, we're not sort of saying, you know, oh, you're having a bad day, get a good night's sleep and come back tomorrow bright-eyed and bushy-tailed. It's more sort of how do you almost kind of walk away from an experience um, and bring something good from something that was really bad. Nat, do you have an example of when you've been able to exercise resilience in your practice? Oh, there's been so many times when I guess resilience has been a really important skill set. And in, in the sort of moment, I guess I wasn't really looking at it like that. It was more sort of like, oh, God, how am I going to get my life back together and come back to <laughs> um, do a good job of things? Not really... It's often been lots of little things happening at the same time. I definitely remember the bar exam, um, which I guess isn't exactly part of my practice, but I had a lot of things happening that week. It was a really, really stressful um, point in my life, not not helped at all by an exam. Um, And I definitely remember the sort of feeling of kind of going a little bit into autopilot in the lead-up period, like didn't even really have any time um, to, I guess, do a lot of the things that I had been doing that had been, um, helping with my well-being. I did do a meditation on the day. Um, and I remember I went into a cafe beforehand and like to, I was a bit early. So I sort of thought, I'll get away from the crowd. I go to this cafe and, um, I like ordered all this food and then just couldn't even eat or drink anything. I was feeling so sick. Um, And then did the exam and the exam was okay. But afterwards I just sort of came out and I was expecting that I would feel really, really happy, but I actually just felt really, really numb and almost like a bit disassociated from my sort of body and my choices in my life. And I was um, walking down Collins Street just sort of thinking, oh, okay, like that's it. This this wasn't the feeling that I was expecting and it was quite deflating. Um, And then, I mean, I think the thing partly was sort of in terms of the actual resilient moment, It was nice. That was a good example in that it was sort of something that was over and clearly pretty much over. And then um, obviously there was a later point where I got the good news of passing, but I did sort of just have to do that. Well, close the book on that. Today is a new day. Um, Be productive. Find something good from the experience and move forward. But it was really hard and it's not like it's not sort of a bouncy ball example. You don't just come straight back from things. And I think maybe falling in a heap a little bit and then sort of a little bit of time and a bit of rest and just not putting too much pressure on yourself in that situation to expect um, what can, what, what, how quickly you can come back from something that's quite stressful to give yourself a bit of a break as well. It's kind of a hard balance. So. And isn't it amazing just reflecting on, you know, when you, perhaps you found out that news about passing the bar exam, was it comparatively fleeting perhaps to... Uh, 
like the joyful, I mean, even though it was something I really, really wanted, it was, um, the actual, like, attaining the moment was very, like, I was sort of, I felt pretty excited for an afternoon, I told a few people, I spoke to my parents, that sort of thing, and then the next day was just a normal day, I didn't kind of ride the high for months on end. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I think that's a pretty loyally thing um, to, <laughs> I, I suppose, compartmentalise uh, and move on to the next thing because that's what we have to do every day. Yeah, and it's sort of once I kind of att- – like when I sort of attained the actual achievement of it, all of a sudden it felt a little bit less valuable than when I didn't have it. <laughs> yeah, it's funny, isn't it? But I think that's a really important lesson in resilience as well. Um, it's recognising that, um, you know, the highs will happen and the lows will happen, but – maintaining perspective Mm. and feeling both those things as they occur Mm. and that's why I think it's so valuable to celebrate the good yes we need to do more of that there is not enough um healthy celebration of the good in the legal profession I think yeah like not you know massive (laughs) um going out partying on Friday night festivities yes and social media campaigns (laughs) or whatnot but just, yeah, I guess, reflecting and feeling Sort of that. sincere enjoyment of the moment. That's it, yeah. yeah. Have you had a situation where resilience was key to you or even that you learned a little bit about resilience? Yeah, um, absolutely. So I went through a pretty tough time a couple of years ago and various um, difficult things were happening in both my personal life and my professional life all at the same time. Um, and... Before that, I don't think that I had really experienced anything um, of that scale before. And so it hit me really, really hard. And the best that I can kind of describe, I suppose, the feelings that I was having at that point in time was um, really negative thought patterns and just slipping into them really easily and that becoming my reality to the point where it felt quite despondent, I suppose, Mm. and like there was no light at the end of the tunnel. Mm. Um, And just that feeling of being really stuck and not having any control Mm. um, was a really difficult place to be. Um, And interesting what you said about autopilot as well, because that's how I went around functioning, because I Mm. wasn't able to function normally. It was just kind of clinging to the routines and the things that I was used to doing, and that's how I got through um, my work day and it, you know, gave me something else to turn my my mind to mm. and whatnot. But I definitely did not have any resilient skills at that point in time. And looking back, it would have been so, so valuable to have a little bit more of a framework and an understanding of how to cope. Um, in or just even that it places. is possible that those moments will be over and you will bounce back. I think it's – I often have to remind myself – when there's a stressful deadline, like it will pass, it will be over. And then as soon as it is, it's like it never, it never happens. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. And I think that comes back to the all important point of perspective, because when you are in the hole, it's so easy to lose perspective. So Mm. it's about what are those things that can help me flip the situation? And I think that when it is so bad, uh, psychological support or mental health support, is something that can be really valuable Mm. and something that you should consider um, at that point in time, if not earlier. Mm. Even if you're not 100% sure whether it's something that you do need, sometimes it's worth just giving it a go, right? Even speaking to your GP can be a good start because I think it's sort of bad to wait until you think it's really dire or 
Um, don't wait for things to get worse. It's much better to act earlier on in the situation. Yeah, agreed. And speaking of kind of laying the groundwork when you are perhaps in a better mental health state can be really, really useful. And at least understanding the kind of the basic framework um, around managing perhaps difficult emotions. Things like thought awareness and feeling, I guess, the bad feelings in the moment and not mm, just trying to them. repress them or move on is a really important one as well. And just generally being emotionally up to date, I think, is a really good one. So kind of dealing with your issues when they come along. So realising that you're stressed I at like that point. That. Don't have an overflowing emotional inbox. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect lawyer analogy. Yeah. And, yeah, so dealing with your issues as they come up and not letting that, yeah, stress accumulate because if you do have an overflowing inbox and then something (laughs) lands on you that you can't control, it's going to really be even harder to be resilient. That's a really amazing message, and I think it's so cool that you can share that from what was a pretty terrible time, so that's amazing. Were there things that um, you know now in terms of like routines and just day-to-day stuff that kind of um, you would recommend to anyone who might be going through something similar? Yeah, so routine can be so valuable. In a way, what that helps with is reducing the decision-making that you have to do throughout your day. Yeah, I like that idea. And also helping you just take care of yourself. Mm, And making sure you do those things on a regular basis that are really for you. And it sounds so simple, but going to bed at the same time, waking up at the same time, making sure that you're drinking water throughout the day um, and eating just simple, healthy food. Um, All of those things, I suppose, give you something to do and give you markers throughout the day and the simple things that give you a little bit more control in your life Mm. that you might not have over larger things. Mm. I think also another thing which um, I know can be hard to work out is how much do you sort of share in terms of your own personal experiences or what you're experiencing at work with your workplace? And I know, like, I've had some amazing managers who would definitely be – great people to share that with and I think that's something that probably needs to be encouraged it might not be your direct supervisor that's the right person there might be someone else in the workplace that you can um, share how you're feeling so that they can sort of take that into account when work's being allocated Um, although it's a really hard sort of path to walk um, because sometimes you know the workplace might be the source of stress or the person might be the source of stress but I think maybe that's something that I guess people could sort of discuss with Um, mentors or other trusted people even professionals um, as to sort of know how to share what they're going through because I think it could be really really hard to um, be working with someone who's having a really hard time at home but your colleagues might not know um, or having a hard time at work and your colleagues might not know because a lot of people um, particularly we've sort of spoken about the persona of a lawyer but if he's sort of wearing that persona people might think things are absolutely fine and they're not Yeah, and the autopilot I was talking about, I was totally, I think, functioning normally at work um, Mm. for all outwards appearances. Um, But, yeah, what you say about sharing, we touched on a little bit in the diversity episode um, in a similar way, and it can be really hard because you don't want to stand out, Mm. um, but... You know, we have talked about the benefits of owning your experience and Mm. kind of vocalising them and being visible and being seen around that. 
but it can be hard when you're not in a good place as well because it could make your working life that little bit more difficult. Mm. So it might not be the right time to share. So I think it's about um, understanding your colleagues and your managers, your bosses, who's around you, and identifying that safe person. Mm. Um, and hopefully it is someone at a managerial level who yeah, allocates the work and can um, take that into account. But maybe it is a colleague at the same level and maybe it is a mentor and it's that person whose door you can knock on Mm. just to have that debrief, just to say it's been a particularly bad day in the string of bad days or whatever (laughs) it might be. And having an outlet to – and debriefing, once again, a really good, I think, part of um, your toolkit to have. Mm. And that's part of keeping emotionally up to date because you're addressing it as it comes along um, and discussing it with someone can be a really good outlet and having someone at work who knows what's going on can make you feel like you are still able to integrate the professional and the personal self. It's a tricky topic, but um, something that's really important for anyone that is feeling like they might be in um, a place where they need to sort of either start building resilience or they're waiting for the um, resilience light bulb to sort of go off. Um, one of the things that I think is quite interesting is firms seem to be quite interested in, in resilience, um, which is a good thing. And I know that there's a lot more resilience training happening in the legal profession, which is pretty exciting because it sort of shows that there is an awareness of the importance of that skill. I kind of don't like the idea, though, that um, resilience is just a productivity tool and that um, it, I guess, puts a lot of personal responsibility on individuals where I think that responsibility can actually be shared um, by the profession a little bit more broadly. So I think it's not sort of enough just to say, well, people need to be more resilient, but they should still be able to be in difficult situations and have unrealistic timeframes and unrealistic workloads put on them. Um, so I guess it's kind of a fine balance. And um, I think, I mean, we've always said with the podcast, like it's really the most important thing is how people are feeling about their work and that um, they have these sort of wellbeing skills and a wellbeing toolkit around their work. So for that perspective, it's great, but it's certainly not just a sort of productivity tool. No, and yeah, I think there is a danger in viewing it like that. Uh, but I mean, still very useful, I'm sure, to go to these resilience mm. training sessions and take away what you can. But perhaps with a grain of salt, and perhaps from a broader perspective, um, as far as the applicability, not only to work but to your life more broadly, also. It's also really important to keep in touch with those around you outside the law. I think a really big part of resilience is actually our sort of support network and the people around us and remaining connected to them. Um, I mean, for a lot of people, that can be really, really hard when you're in a busy time and you're under the pump. Um, But it's also those people that can help, um, I guess, you feel a bit more real and bring you back to the place and sort of the person that you know you are and where you need to be. And one last thing I would say uh, is about controlling what you can and not worrying about the uncontrollable, which can be really difficult for us A-type lawyers um, and even more so in situations where we feel powerless and we feel like things are spinning out of control. But it's so valuable to be able to reframe your outlook um, and just say you know, to yourself, look, this really big, difficult thing has happened and, um, you know, this is happening tomorrow and there are a variety of outcomes and it may or may not go my way. But I don't have control over that at the moment. So I'm just going to focus my energies on self-care, um, on things that are important to me. 
and it's kind of regaining power by doing that as well. Mindfulness and meditation practices can be really useful in that respect as far as finding a bit of detachment. So we talk about that a little bit in our season one mindfulness episode, if you'd like to go back and have a listen. We're going to end on a quote today that was sent to us from one of our Compass Mentors listeners. It's from Alan Cohen, the author of Chicken Soup for the Soul. And the quote is, every minus is half a plus waiting for a stroke of vertical awareness. Thanks for listening.